Yes, yes. Welcome to a new episode of So You Wanna Be an Artist. It's not Kane today. It's Andre Anderson. Kane basically hollered me not too long ago and said, I want you to do an episode for So You Wanna Be an Artist. He said, do whatever you want. So I thought that if I was to put pen to paper, I might as well write something and prepare something that, for those who are listening, this is going to be at least beneficial. So for the next couple of minutes, I'm going to be talking about the power of a passion project and kind of getting creativity and breaking down the myths that surround it, looking at it on a more mechanical level. Before I do, I want you to kind of understand who I am as a person, my background, my story. My name is Andre Anderson. I do graphic design. I'm also a creative facilitator. That's a person who kind of allows creative thinking to be easier, whether it be in a school or a workplace or businesses or whatever. That's the kind of stuff I do on a regular basis. Beforehand, I, I still dabble in it, but beforehand, I was known more for me being an author. Uh, when I was 18 years old, obviously having a background in photography and graphic design and just dabbling in a whole bunch of stuff, I said that I wanted to kind of create a book for myself. And that idea came from the idea of me always being on my BBM, on my BlackBerry, talking, 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 tapping away at a keyboard and having conversations that had no real value to them whatsoever. I thought to myself, if I was going to tap away at the keyboard for so long, I might as well use this energy to create something productive, i.e. a story or a book. So I've heard someone once say in a talk that they could get a book done in, I don't know, I don't even know how long they said, they said, 
six days and I couldn't do six days. I said, I'm going to write in 12. I'm going to double that. So I said to my friend, I was going to write a fictional book, one chapter a day for 12 days. And then basically by the end of the eighth day, I finished my first book. The book was called Ultra. I had to do with a superhero living in Northwest London. And the real thing, the real thing that changed my life wasn't necessarily the fact of me writing the book, but it was me having my first copy physically in my hands. And it being physically in my hands really done something different to me. It made me realize that if something is invisible and I can just bring something into being, what else can I do with this ability? And I suppose that after that point, I was creating different books. I've written six books since. And I guess the first book had to do with my personal development, but my last book had to do with how creativity can actually empower the people around you. So I'm from an estate called St. Raffles Estate, Northwest London. Its reputation is is crappy at best. It doesn't really have a nice reputation, um, obviously because of gangs, because of crime, all that kind of stuff. And there's stories that circulate my estate. And I wanted to kind of change people's perspectives on what my estate was like. So me and five other people gathered, put our stories together, approached Starbucks and said, listen, we, we got we got this book going on. We're going to be producing it. And then um, Starbucks basically put some money aside and said, cool, like, let's fund this. And then we produce uh, 1,000 books. And on March the 5th last year, we basically put a book through all 1,000 estates in St. Raffles Estate. And that was basically to say, creativity isn't just something for elite. It's something that we can all do. And that's really my philosophy. If you just look at all of my work, that's to do, that's kind of the, 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 the crux of everything I'm trying to achieve. To say that, listen, we're always trying to make our mark. And trying to deny the fact that you want to make a mark is really just denying really your humanity. No one no one teaches you creativity more times than not you're taught out of it. So when you're a child, the moment you begin to cry and make noises, you're trying to make a mark, you're trying to show the world, or show your parents at least that you are here, you exist. And then when you first get hold of a, a crayon and you begin to draw things, no one teaches you to draw, or no one shows you that it's, it's a thing, but you know to make shapes. No one teaches you how to tell a story, but you know how to make one on the spot. Creativity is not foreign to any of the people who are listening to this. But then it gets to a point where something must have happened from the six-year-old version of us and the 16-year-old version of us. Something must have happened. And I suppose it's the fact that we spend a lot of our hours in a system that doesn't necessarily facilitate us having to imagine anything new. We don't necessarily have to bring anything new to the table. We don't have to solve any problems, which is what creativity is. You go into school and you're not necessarily expected to say anything, but you're expected to recite back what has been said to you. You're expected to memorize an answer. And that's from young. You do that all the way up to college. You do that all the way up to university. The more that you memorize, the more certificates you get. Possibly the greater job you will get. And then you get another job, and this job is also another system that doesn't necessarily require you to bring anything new to the table. If it does, there's some little bits and pieces here and there. 
And then you're only expected to recite back what has been said to you, for most jobs anyway. And then you leave this job on a day-to-day basis and you go home and after you've done all your responsibilities, whether you looked after family, you've done the washing up or whatever, instead of taking the rest of your time to kind of create something and carve something for yourself, we sit down in front of our mobile phones, we sit down in front of our laptops and then consume everything else rather than creating something for ourselves. And I suppose that's okay, but the desire to want to make a mark has never really left us. The desire to want to be creative has never really left us. It's just been suppressed. And I wonder on a daily basis how often or how many ideas and inventions and and solutions to problems are wasted on a daily basis to Netflix and to Facebook and to Snapchat. How many times have we thought of something amazing, but then this TV show's on, I have to watch it. And basically, it's my belief system that, fair enough, a lot of people say they're not pleased with, like, their not their life, but they're not pleased with how their life is going. And at the end of the day, your life is your time. Time is your life. If you run out of time, you run out of life. And the way you improve your life is if you decide to improve how you spend your time. And I believe that if you're working for someone or whatever you're doing, there should be at least half an hour or an hour in your day that is sacred to you. That you can say, this is what I'm working on and and this is what I control. This is part of my passion and no one can dictate what I'm going to do in this time. I feel like everyone should do this. And in you doing that, you're learning again how to make your mark. So this is what I'm going to be talking about for the next couple of minutes. I suppose that many people who's listening to this could be saying, you know what, I love this podcast. I love the interviews that are said all the time. But I personally don't feel I'm creative. As if creativity is this kind of magical um, endowment that that, that, that only a select few have. And that's just not the case. Creativity is a really mechanical process. Not only is it mechanical, but it's just, it's human. If I was to put creativity in in an equation and break it down like that, I would say that creativity equals imagination times execution. Imagination times execution. And you need both to be creative. There's a lot of people like... And you know them. You may you may be one. They looks they look really cool and they look really creative and they say they have a lot of ideas. But if you have a lot of ideas and you don't execute any of the ideas, you're not creative. You're just very imaginative. Equally, if you execute a lot and you're putting in that the grind all all the time you're grinding, but then you don't bring anything new to the table, then still you're not creative. You're just a very hard worker. So creativity is work but also is you being able to bring something new to the table it's imagination seeing something new and execution bringing it into being now the thing about creativity is that a lot of times it's focused on art and art and creativity isn't necessarily the same thing i'll show you the difference art is your heart art is i say that artwork is heart work right it's you expressing your soul for some reason Our souls can't speak English, so it has to find new ways of expressing itself, whether it be through paint or whether it be through um, fashion or whether it be through uh, music. 
it has to find all these different ways in order to express itself. Things that can't necessarily be said through words is expressed expressed through all these different mediums. That's art. Creativity is what I said. You imagining something and bringing something into being. That could be done in medicine. That could be done in law. That could be done in government. That could be done in engineering. That could be done everywhere. That doesn't necessarily need to be done in the arts. So those who are artistic have some sort of creativity because they need to express something that really can't be expressed through plain English. But then also as well, those who are creative don't necessarily need to be artistic. If you're bringing something new to the law industry or, or whatever industry there is, then you don't necessarily need to be an artist about it. You're just creative and you're very new in how you think. So instead of seeing creativity as some sort of magic, and some sort of untouchable, um, unapproachable thing. See creativity as a muscle that you can exercise. Uh, See creativity as a whole, almost as a sport. And in creativity and creative thinking being a sport that we have, you have to feel for yourself what level at which you want to play. There's different types of levels. So in football, just say, for example, you may want to be on a casual vibe, but every two to three weeks or maybe every couple of months you may be with your boys or your girls or whatever and you're in the park you may kick a ball right that's casual the second one is when you're on a local in your in your local club so you may play once a week um and yet it, it does take it takes time and, and it is work but it's not as much compared to the third type of gaming when you're premier league and you have no you have no time to be on a on a dilly dally because you are the best of the best and you're expected to put time in you're expected to put work in i'm not I'm not a big fan of football, so if that was a terrible analogy, please let me know but what I'm trying to say is that in creativity it's the same thing there's those who want to just be on a casual vibe this it's not a serious thing for them, and that's fine. you could play that game. The problem is that there's many who are playing Premier League creativity or saying that they're playing Premier League and they are not in any way, shape or form having the same sort of regime that is expected for someone in that kind of league. An athlete, if they were to be broken down into an equation, focuses on two things as well. They focus on power and speed. And if creativity focuses on imagination and execution, then if we combine the two, I suppose that our sport, being a creation athlete, is someone who focuses on a powerful imagination and a speedy execution. That's the sport that we're playing in. We're trying to see how far we could press and push our imagination. How much can we see and imagine and predict? And then on the other hand, how, with what resources and with what power can we bring all these crazy ideas into being? Now... You can't start like that. The same way how any athlete can't be a Usain Bolt straight away. That takes grinding. That takes time. That takes practice. So what I'm basically proposing is that every single week or every every month or so, however you want to do it, that you have something, a passion project, something that you're working on that will build you up and something that will allow you to be more and more and more creative. And that creativity, yes, is for you, but also as well is for the things that you do on a day-to-day basis, whether you're actually in the creative realm or you're just doing things that are not necessarily requiring creativity, but something that 
you can embed your creative thinking in. So ask yourself, if we're going to be in this sport, what kind of thing can we create? And that doesn't really matter. The theme that you choose doesn't really matter either. You could choose jewelry to be the thing that you want to do, clothing, you could work on a business idea, you could sit down and work on your own philosophy or book. It, it doesn't matter what you choose, the thing that you're going to be working on, just the fact that you choose something and also as well that you're not precious. Because if you're precious, the problem with that is that there's always going to be a lack of skill on your behalf. There's always going to be a lack of resources and there's always going to be a lack of research. When you're precious about an idea, it becomes such a beautiful thing in your eyes that you never actually start it. So what I'm proposing is that you don't necessarily pick your most precious, most beautiful idea. You just pick something that you know that is pretty small, can be done in a week, can be done in a month. And then if you work on that and you're faithful with that, then eventually you could build yourself up to the bigger things. If you want to do an event, don't try to think of your first event as being one that's going to be in the O2 arena. Just don't do those things because it's not it's not going to make sense. It's best for you to, to work your way down. Think of something very small that could be done straight away and then build yourself up that way. So I'm going to basically show you guys how to do a project like this and how to like regulate your creativity. But I'm going to do it through how I done Ultra. So many people think that writing a book is hard. And from I, I guess it can be hard. But how I approached it, because I never knew how to write a book, I just approached it how I would normally write an essay. So I would, when I was planning to do my, my book, I sat down and I just wrote down every single thing that I wanted to be in the book. So it wasn't a thing where I just started from chapter one and went to the end of the book. I said that I know that I want these 12 chapters. I want these chapters to have these things in it, but they're like the skeleton, right? They're like, they're like the framework, but I didn't put any meat on the bone. And then once I'd done that, then I said, cool, today when I come home from college or when I'm on my way to college, because again, I was writing all my Blackberry when I'm on the train or whatever, this is the thing that I'm going to be writing. And as I'm writing these things, every single day, I'm making sure that I'm sticking towards this daily target. And truthfully, it wasn't a lot of time. It was probably an hour in that day, maybe an hour and a half if I was really enjoying it. But it wasn't a lot. And then by the end of the by the end of the week, whether I liked it or not, eight days was going to happen in eight days' time anyway. But then luckily, after the eight days, I was able to finish this book. And it's basically the same thing. You have to figure out what you want to work on, pick a medium, pick a theme that you want to go with or whatever, pick a motive, and then say, cool, let me work backwards. So let me know exactly what I want it to look like. And this exercise shouldn't take too long. Figuring out what all the things that could be done, and then you saying, cool, what are the small things that I can do every single day? This is all really based on the philosophy of one plus one equals two. Do one thing, do another thing is going to end up being something else. My thing is for you to get your time on your phone, set the timer for 15 minutes, set the timer on 30 minutes. And whatever you're working on, you do not stop working on it until the timer goes off. So when I'm writing something and I really don't want to write that day, 
I set my timer on for an hour. And I say, listen, I'm not leaving my seat until I hear that timer go off. And when the timer goes off, I know that, fair enough, it was an enjoyable experience, but at least I had something done. At least throughout this day, no matter who I was working for, there was something in this day that I can claim and say, that's my own. If you feel like you need a little bit more help, then put yourself in a position where, you're, where you actually tell everybody that you're working on this project. When I was doing Ultra, I told everyone that I was going to write a book in 12 days. And I said, by this time, you should see the book. And because I put so much pressure on myself, everyone that spoke to me said, hey, how's the book going? So because there was so much pressure, I was in a predicament where I couldn't make myself look like a gas man. Because if I looked like a gas man, then I would lose whatever reputation I had at the time. So it's good to kind of chuck yourself in and say to people that you're going to get something done by a particular time. And even if you don't hit the deadline, you would know that, you know what, I, I tried. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I still have something to present. It may not actually hit the deadline that I wanted to, but it's going to be done at some point, maybe a week from now, maybe two months from now or whatever. However, however long you feel like it needs to take. If also as well, you're like, you, I really can't have the energy to, to, to start this up myself, collaborate with someone, someone, work with someone. There's this other thing that people say um, that, stops, that stops them from creating something and making their own mark. And it's this thing called creative block or writer's block or whatever block you want to invent. Um, the thing about writer's block is two things. One thing is just another way of saying you're scared, and that's fine. Creating something out of nothing is a very scary thing. But then two, it's also a way of of kind of procrastinating and using it as a as a reason for not doing what you know you're supposed to be doing. I suppose that if creativity is going to be our new sport, Here's a few supplements. I'm going to give you guys three supplements, right? The first supplement is always making something, always noting something down. So I have a moleskin in my back pocket at all times. And you know when you have like a random idea or something that sounds funny or an, uh, something that you've learned that's pretty cool and it basically just lodges in your mind and you're like, at some point I'm going to write it down. The, there's a problem with that. Your mind, as far as I know, as far as I believe, you, your mind only has like four, four slots in order to hold information. And if you get a, a really good idea and it's lodged there for a little bit, if for some reason you go on your phone and a couple of people start texting you and sending you emails, then... If those take more priority, then something's going to happen. It's either you're going to sacrifice those emails, not read them and not, or not pay them any attention, or you're going to sacrifice that small little idea that popped into your mind. So what I do is to keep my mind fresh, is that whenever I get an idea, whenever I hear something cool, I go into my back pocket, I write it down on that piece of paper, and it's, it's just stored in that book. I've got so much of these books just of small little ideas. And and they stack up and they end up being they can end up being an idea for something else at some later point in time. But the the point of me always writing something down is that 
it's almost like you're treating your mind like a computer. It's like a fast processor. It can think proper fast, but it, it doesn't have good memory. It can't it can't hold it can't hold a lot of stuff. So you'll have great ideas and it's good for you to put a, get an external hard drive, i.e. the small little notebook, the external hard drive, put it on there, so then you free up your mind for some extra stuff to come in. And I feel, I personally feel, me doing this has allowed me to be more creative, it's allowed me to be more sharp. So that thing is just to allow your motor to keep running, right? Always noting things down, putting stuff in a, in a, little, in a little piece of paper on the back of your pocket. The, the second part is where jazz musicians, rappers, artists, most writers get their idea from. And it's called freestyling, improvisation, free writing. And the idea is for you to basically just go off the top of your head, because freestyling and improvisation is just creating on the spot. You're basically going off the top of your head, whatever comes to your head at that time. So what I do is that I set, I set the timer for 45 minutes. And I say, you know what, for the next 45 minutes, I'm going to be talking about... Um, uh, I don't know the life, the life of a lion, and that is my that's my basis, right? And I'll just end up just writing about the life of a lion for a long period of time. But then, it it may not actually be about a lion. It may end up being a metaphor for something else. Something then connects to something else. And then basically, what happens is that I'm digging into the deeper parts of my brain, and then I'm carving out some gems. I'm like, oh snap! I didn't know that. I thought that I didn't know that was in my head. Improvisation freestyle free writing is basically a way of you carving out those small little gems now you're probably going to get one or two good things out of that hour of writing but at least you got something you got something that you you may not have had if you didn't do that exercise right there so that's another supplement the third supplement is remixing and distorting something that already exists and i feel like this is going to be the easiest thing to do for um, especially those who, who are not comfortable with creating something on the spot. Remixing something is basically you getting a book, you getting a film, you getting a, uh, a magazine, and basically ripping things apart, attaching things together, um, crossing things out, um, basically you modifying something that already exists. And the reason why it's easy is because some because something is already built for you, you just need to change it up. Um, so you may get a newspaper. Sometimes when I'm bored on the train, I may get a newspaper and I may just look at an article and with a little Sharpie that's in my pocket, I might just like cross out little sentences. And in me crossing out the sentences, the paragraph reads differently. Um, stuff like that. Being able to look at something that already exists and modifying it. Those are three little supplements that can help you. But the whole point of this is for you to be able to always make sure that you're making something. And it may be something that's so insignificant, but at least you are appeasing the child in you that wants to create something, that wants to make a mark. For your own sanity, I beg you. <laughs> I suppose that there's a few benefits to this. When I done my first book, it was it took a life of its own once I once I finished writing it. So it was in my hands physically. I went to school, I sold it to my friends. I mean went to college, sold it to my friends. And it, it just passed on to different people, people that I didn't know. And then it basically got to a point where someone in 
Canada? No, Ruby Cedar, hold tight, Ruby Cedar. Um, there's a lady named Ruby Cedar working on the Adidas campaign, yeah? She saw it. She showed the book to the company. They was working with a advertising agency called Sidley up in Canada. They said they don't mind me doing an internship up there for a month. And I didn't have to pay nothing. Free flight, all them kind of things there. And then in me being in Canada, someone, Charles Hall, hold tight Charles Hall as well, um, he approached me and said, every time you create something, you open up the doors for people, places, galaxies. There's so much opportunities that opened up to you, which wouldn't have been opened up if you didn't create something. And that's what I learned with my, my first book. And then that's what I learned also with Authors of the Estate, when there were so many different chain of events that happened and occurred just by five of us coming together and writing a book. And that's the benefit. Everything that you create is always going to be a passport and it's always going to open up a door to something. And it's always going to open up a chain of events that wouldn't have happened unless you created something. Crazy enough, if I didn't do Authors of the Estate, I wouldn't have met Kane. If I didn't meet Kane, then we wouldn't have been doing this podcast. And in me doing this podcast, someone is going to hear this and do something pretty crazy. And in them doing something pretty crazy, there's going to be a whole chain of events that's going to happen, which wouldn't have happened if you didn't do this. So I suppose that there's a esoterical purpose in you just making stuff anyway and there's a beautiful chain of events that might happen if you make something but then also as well let's focus on the monetary side of it for a second i remember two years ago i was um i went to a conference right and i was just sitting there i got a free ticket and basically i was listening to this guy talking about businesses and businesses and all that kind of stuff and he stopped halfway and he said I'm getting paid 15 grand to talk for this 45 minute slot. And he just carried on talking. And I don't know, for those who are listening, 15 grand may not be a lot to you, but to me, it's a, it's a little bit of money. Um, especially at the time when I was working in retail and I was getting six, seven, eight pounds an hour. Compared to my friend that just told me, He's getting 15 grand an hour. And this is what really hit me. It made me realize that, of course, I'm getting that much an hour because when I go home, I'm doing nothing with my time. So my time is only worth that amount. But my friend, he's going home and he's building his own thing. He's building his own philosophy. He's building his own thoughts and his, his own ideas and, his, and, and everything is being built in his spare time. So when someone wants an hour from him, is 15 grand, my friend. And I, obviously, I, from that point, I've heard that people get way more than 15 grand. That's actually small change. And I realized that for a lot of these people, you get paid according to how much you build into yourself. It's funny because like, when I was a teenager, I was, I was known for graphic design and I'd done leaflets and I would get leaflet money because that's all I did for myself. And then when I started to do big community projects, I started to get big community projects money. And it's funny because the more that I do for myself, the more I actually end up getting paid. So fair enough, there's the chain of events and there's there's the purpose behind you creating stuff and there's the self-fulfillment and the fulfillment of the friends around you. But then also as well, especially living in this city, London city is tough. And like money, money needs to be made. 
and and money and money is built on what you build on yourself and we can't sit down every single day after work or after college or throughout our day if we don't have a job just watching stuff and liking stuff and retweeting stuff and consuming because in you consuming then something is not being created and like I said before, there's probably tons of ideas on a daily basis that is not being produced. And I believe that if we just sit down and we, and we consider creativity to be a sport, we consider it to be something that we can work out at, the same way how an athlete can work out at, then we'll be in a place where we can we can we can be dangerous because you'll you'll end up creating, imagining new things, and then bringing it into being speedily. Creativity isn't cute. Creativity isn't something that you just do to show off with your friends or you do it to get a like. You do it, number one, because it expresses you in your purest form. But also as well, we need those ideas that are lodged in you. We need everything that you're thinking about. Um, Everyone's contribution is there to contribute to the development of the human race, my friend. So do not downplay even the smallest ideas in your head, put it out into the world. Because once you put it out into the world, then you have an opportunity to build upon that and get greater and get greater. So please, passion projects, jump on that. If you want to be an artist, if you want to be an artist, focus on your imagination, focus on your execution.